Anyway, uh, if you have your Bibles, take your Bibles this evening and turn to Genesis chapter number 39. Genesis chapter number 39. And it's uh, page number 56 in your old Schofield Reference Bible, if you have one of those. And we do want to encourage you, along with uh, Brother Zach, to come back Sunday. Uh, Sunday school starts right at 9 a.m. And then also um, the main service at 10 a.m. And then the, pre the preaching again at 5.30 on Sunday night. So be back for that. And continue to be in much in prayer about Friend Day. I know we keep talking about it, keep talking about it. But uh, we are excited about it, looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot of uh, preparation put into it and a lot of... Uh, work and everything, so we're just looking forward to a good day. But also remember the big bus day on Saturday. So we are running the buses on Saturday, and uh, just space-wise, we just didn't have enough space to try to run the buses and have the big day here on um, that Sunday. So we're going to run the buses on Saturday. We're going to do a big blowout thing for the kids for that. We're going to have a pizza blast, inflatables, and all kinds of things for them. So looking forward to that. And uh, we may be texting you or calling and seeing if you might be able to help out with that because we will need plenty of help for that. So be in prayer about that. And I hope you have your friends committed. If not, you still got about two and a half weeks, and it will be a good time. So tonight we're going to look at Genesis chapter number 39, verses 1 through 6. And what we're going to do tonight is just kind of have a little Bible study and uh, just bring a few thoughts to you, a few principles from the Word of God, and I hope it'll be a challenge to you. But uh, you've probably heard about, you know, when somebody speaks and says, hey, we're going to speak about stewardship, a lot of people start tense up, oh, man, not stewardship. The money issue, you know, it's kind of the, the white elephant in the room a lot of times. They, they say that they we, sometimes we might think that there's a nerve that goes straight from the brain down to the, where the wallet is. And so, but go ahead and everybody sigh a big sigh of relief. We're not talking about money today, but we are talking about stewardship. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at stewardship, kind of give you a few principles on it, and then we're going to look at just a couple areas about stewardship this evening. So if you have your Bibles there, Genesis chapter number 39, just before I read our text, I want to read a few verses, uh, miscellaneous verses. Psalm chapter number 24 and verse number 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And in Haggai 2 and verse number 8, it says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Exodus chapter 19 and verse number 5, it says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. And the Lord says, For all the earth is mine. So we're going to look at a few principles of stewardship, and then we're going to try to apply that so we can walk out of here knowing a little bit more about this topic, and maybe we can apply it so that we can live a better Christian life as we live day by day. So uh, principle number one that I want to share with you is, is everything belongs to God. If we're talking about stewardship, and really we say when we're a steward, we're a manager. You know, in reality, each and every one of us is a manager. You say, well, where I work, I'm not a manager. I'm a, a blue-collar worker. But in the Christian life, we are all managers. So the principle number one is everything belongs to God. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's. The Bible says that the gold is His. The, all the earth is mine is what the Bible says. You know, our life, it's really just on loan to, from God to us. Our health, it's on loan from God to us. Our wealth, if we have it or if we don't have it, that wealth, if it's given to us, it's given to us by God. Our possessions, it's from God. The earth, maybe any brain power that we might have. Some of you probably have a lot more than I do, but that brain power that you might have, that comes from God. 
you know, that oxygen and carbon dioxide that gets all exchanged in our body, that's all from God. I was at the hospital a couple days ago and talking with somebody, and you can tell they were just struggling to breathe. And you know what? I was thinking to myself, I thought, you know what? That life is from God. And you know what? God gives life, and he takes life. And we are all a steward of our life. So let's look at Genesis chapter number 39 and verse 1 through 6. The Bible says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hand of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. I like that little statement. And the Lord was with Joseph. Don't we want the Lord to be with us? I want the Lord to be with me. I want him to be with me in my home. I want him to be with me in my personal life. I want him to be with me in my work and all that I do. I want the Lord to be with me. I like that phrase. And it says, and he was a prosperous man. Don't you want to be prosperous too? Having God with us, having us help us. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over all over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer, there's that word overseer again, in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house, and in the field. Verse number 6, and it says, And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And you say, what in the world does that have to do with the, the Bible study tonight? Well, we're going to look at stewardship and how we are all a manager. You know, we, the Lord says that he was with Joseph. And you know what? If we are saved, God is with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. We have God indwelling inside of us to help us. And it says here that he was in the master's house. Who was the master in the story? The master was the Egyptian. So Joseph is in the house of the Egyptian. The Egyptian is the master. And who was the servant? Well, Joseph was the servant. So according to verse number 4, Joseph was the overseer. We see the word overseer in verse 4. We see the word overseer in verse 5. And you know what? Much like you parents, maybe there's been times where you, you decide to go on a date. Maybe you husbands, you take your wife out on a date and you decide you're going to leave the kids. Maybe they're old enough where you leave the kids at home. And let's say you have more than one child and they're at home. And you look to the older one and you say, hey, so-and-so, I want you to watch over the younger ones. I want you to take care of them. And you know, at that point, that particular child has now become a steward of the other children. He has become kind of the overseer. Those, all those children belong to the parents, but the parent has made one of them an overseer or a steward. And in much the same way as Johnny or Susan, she becomes the overseer, she becomes the manager or the steward in the same way God is with us. He gives us life. He gives us breath. He gives us a pulse and he makes us an overseer. He makes us a steward. And it's a beautiful picture here in Genesis chapter 39 of how God makes us a steward. You say, well, what is stewardship? Principle number two, stewardship is the management of the affairs of another. When you become a steward, you are managing the affairs of another. And you know what God has done to us? He has made each and every one of us a steward. 
God has given us some wealth. God has given us life. We are to steward that in a way that pleases Him. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Matthew chapter number 25 and verse number 14. Matthew chapter number 25 and verse number 14. This is the story about the, a servant. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. So here you have the master, and he's giving this particular person talents. And he gives one person ten, he gives another one five, he gives another one two, and so on. And so these, these particular servants, they became the servants of this master. They became a steward. And that's what we are. We are to manage the affairs of another. We are to manage what God has given to us because we are simply a steward of several different things. You know, if we're not careful, we can let pride come into us. Have you ever talked to somebody and maybe they've become a multimillionaire and you begin to talk to them and they will say, this phrase, I did this, or I did that, and I, I out of these, these hands, they sweat, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, and that's why I have everything that I have. And I would agree with that to a certain degree, but at the end of the day, who gave that person the brain power? Who gave that person the ability to work? It's ultimately God that gave them the ability. You know, we are all stewards. So number principle number three, every Christian is a steward. Each and every one of us is a steward. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So principle number 4 is, it is required in stewards that they be faithful. You know what? That's my desire as a Christian, is to be faithful what God has given us. You know, He's given me life. He's given me health. And I pray that it will, that health will go on for a long time. But I pray that I'm a good steward of all of that. I pray that I'm a good steward of what God has given me. And that's, that's what we need to be as stewards of. The subject of stewardship, we often think it's just about money. It's about what do we do with our money. You know, are we a good steward of it? But there's much more to stewardship. Money is a part of it, but it's not just the only part. You know, when we think of stewardship, we tend to think of just that little piece, but it's so much more. Money is only part of God's overall plan for you. You say, well, ha what other areas are you talking about? What other areas can you be a good steward with your life? Well, I think the first area we can be a good steward of is our time. You know, God instructs us how to use our time. You know, when you study great men and women of God who have served God with a sense of urgency, they were cognizant of the fact that they had to be a good steward with their time. I looked up some facts about time and I saw some surprising facts about how we use our time in life. And I wonder if you'll see these enlightening. But it says we spend about 90% of our time indoors. Some of you might be a little less, some of you might be a little more, but 90% of our time indoors. That was a staggering fact. We also looked up, we spend three times of our life, not three times, three months of our life in traffic. And I, me being from California, I think I probably spent three years in traffic. But uh, out here and maybe other places, it's a lot lower. But it seemed like I spent forever and a day in traffic. But it says, on average, we spend three months of our life in traffic. And it says this is equivalent to about 38 hours per year. Then it said we laugh out loud about 290,000 times in our li life. You know, sometimes if there's nothing better than just having a good laugh, 
You know, I think of that verse, you know, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Sometimes I'll get around and I'll start laughing and my stomach starts hurting. I think, man, I need to do this more often. You know, it's good to laugh. Here's another one. We spend 25 years sleeping. Some might be about 40 years or 50 years, and some might be lower towards the 15. Uh, you know, Elijah went down to pick up the preacher, and I, he was going on, I don't know, 36 hours of sleep. The guy gets done picking up the preacher and goes home, slept for three hours, and came back to visitation. I looked at Elijah. I said, what are you doing here tonight? But, uh, but uh, so some people spend a lot more time sleeping. Here's another one that was staggering. We spend two years watching commercials. Not just shows, but two years watching commercials. That's a lot of time. We, and here's another one. We spend 3.66 years of our life eating. The total amount of food you consume in a lifetime is close to 35 tons. And some of you might be up towards 50 tons. And so, so any, oh me is right. I think that might be me. I might be up towards 40, those Zaxby's tenders. But, so here are some time wasters I looked up. Watching a little TV to decompress and turning it off a lot of times, all of a sudden we find it two hours later and we're still watching TV when we just thought, oh, we'll just watch it for a few minutes. Or maybe about all the, the time that we spend worrying about all the stuff that can go wrong. How many of us have worried about stuff and then you come to find out it never even comes to pass? What do they say? 90% of what we worry about never comes to pass? You know, I know sometimes I'll get my stomach all in knots about stuff. You know, you get it in your mind that, man this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and then all of a sudden you go to work the next day or maybe you go somewhere and you run into somebody and that's the farthest thing that was ever going to happen, you know, and you think, man, I got all wadded up for nothing. But we spend time worrying about things that maybe we can't even change. Maybe we spend time, you know, we'll pop by uh, the YouTube and we, we'll get sucked into watching something totally irrelevant, you know, or maybe we watch random videos that scroll across our, feet, our Facebook feed and we, before you know it, we're watching some crazy video about a cat that, you know, jumped off the roof or something and we're like, why did I just spend, you know, 10 minutes watching all these crazy videos or maybe you check Facebook or Twitter real quick and that real quick turns into an hour later. Some of you are smiling like you're guilty or something. I don't know. But uh, if we're not careful, we can waste time. If we're not careful, we can not be a good steward of our time. Well, here's another one. This is a Sunday afternoon special. How about overindulging in a big meal which zaps all your energy and renders the rest of the afternoon or evening completely useless? You know, you get home Sunday after church, you, you, you eat, or maybe you go out to eat, you get home and you keep telling your wife, why did I do that, you know? That Golden Corral $11 special just killed me. I'm not doing anything the rest of the afternoon. But if we're not careful, we can waste time. And so the Bible tells us in Ephesians 5 and verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, if we will be cognizant or think about the reality that we only have a certain amount of time left on this earth. We only have a certain amount of time with our children. We only have a certain amount of time with those around us, with family. You know, if we will be uh, just cognizant of that fact, we will be a better Christian. We will be a better steward of our time. This, the Bible says in Psalm 90 and verse number 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, if we will apply our hearts unto wisdom, we can number our days. Lord, may we number our days. May we be so mindful of that. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse 4, it says, No man 
that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You know what? Sometimes we get entangled with the affairs of this life. You know what? Sometimes those affairs of this life are not necessarily bad, but they take us or they distract us from serving the Lord like we should. You know, it can be maybe a job. Maybe we get so engulfed in our work, and before you know it, we're neglecting certain areas of life. Maybe we're neglecting our Bible, or maybe we're neglecting prayer like we should, or maybe we're neglecting family. And, you know, sometimes we get um, beckonings from even our Lord, which we do not want to ignore. You know, sometimes he'll call, and the Bible says in Revelation 3 and verse number 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will come into me, I will come in and sup with him. You know what? The Lord is calling us. He's, he wants to have a closer relationship with us. He wants to direct us. He wants to guide us. He wants to instruct us. You know, we need to be ever so quiet in listening to that still, small voice of the Lord. You know, I heard somebody say one time that we need to obey every spiritual impulse. You know, you, maybe you're at the hospital and you're making a visit and you get that little you know, inkling saying, man, I really need to give a track to this person in the elevator with me. Or maybe you're on the job and you can tell somebody discouraged about something and you think to yourself, boy, I need to say a word about the Lord or I need a witness to him. Obey every spiritual impulse. You know, God is, uh, he wants to instruct us. He wants to direct us. He wants to guide us. There was a fellow by the name of Arthur S. D. Moss. That name may not be a very familiar to you, but he was the founder and president of National Liberty Corporation in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, years and years ago. He was really, they, they attribute this to him, they say that he was the pioneer in mass marketing of life and health insurance. So apparently he just really tried to push it, he tried to market it and sell it. Well, he became a very wealthy businessman, and he ended up writing a little bit of literature about his life, and he became a very successful businessman, but he was a committed Christian layman. Here's the outline that he gave for his spiritual success, and I found it very enlightening. Number one, he said, give God the first day of each week. You know, that's why we we celebrate the resurrection on Sunday. We can give God the first day of our week. Then he wrote down, he said, I give God the first hour of each day. Then he wrote down, he said, I give God the first tenth at least of each dollar that he earned. You know, he just wanted to give and, and to be a good steward. Then he says, I give God the first place in my habits. You know, if I have habits in my life, I want to make sure that God's at the front of those habits. And then he said, lastly, he gave God the first place in his home. I want to ask you, I want to challenge you and challenge me. Is God the first place in your home? Is he, is he preeminent? Colossians 1.18 says that in all things, he might have the preeminence. Is he number one in your home? I pray that he is. You know, the purpose of time management as a Christian, it's not just so we can, you know, get X and Y, Z covered, but the, really the purpose of time management is to serve God more effectively. You say, well, I don't have time. Well, one person said, we get done what we want to get done. You know, sometimes you say, well, I just don't have time to do this uh, or do that. But you know what? You find time to maybe do this for three hours or watch a movie for an hour and a half. At the end of the day, we get done what we want to get done. There's so much that can be done. I want to challenge you. Be a good steward with your time. J.C. Penney, he was the founder of the J.C. Penney Company. And in 1902, he began this corporation. And at the peak of it, it had 11 
hundred stores. He grew up in a Christian home and he ended up not becoming a Christian until he was later on in life. And then all of a sudden he got saved and uh, began going to church religiously and just was there all the time. And here's the quote that J.C. Penny gave. He said, if you have too much business to attend church regularly, you have too much business. And he was saying, hey, make church a priority. And I know this is the Wednesday night crowd. You guys are the faithful ones. But I want to challenge each and every one of us. If we have too much business to, to attend church regularly, we have too much business. This was coming from a man that managed 1,100 stores. Can you imagine how busy he was? But he made it a priority. So we need to be stewards of our time. And then in closing, we need to be stewards of our talents. And we won't take the time to read the scripture this evening just because of time. But we find the story in Matthew chapter number 25 where there's a, a parable of the, the, the steward. And here's what the, the master does. He gives some talents to some people and he divides it all up. He gave some five and another two and another one. And they went out and they reproduced some of those talents. And some of them just sat on their talents. I want to encourage you tonight Understand what talent God has given you. Get, understand the ability that God has given you. You know what? Each of us, every one of us, from Brother Mark over there all the way to this corner over here to Brother Bobby Ricard, have given, been given talents by the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, I can't sing. Welcome to my world. I'm in the same boat you are. You say, well, I can't do this or I can't do that. But you know what? We can all have a place in the body of Christ. We can all do something. You know what, you're equipping, when we get saved, God gives us a talent. God gives us a gift. And your equipping is to complement this church. You might say, well, you know, I just can't do anything for my Lord in the church. Let me read you a verse. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You say, I, I don't believe I can make, a, make an effect on my church and, and help others. No, yes, you can. We can all have an effect. So we need to be stewards of our time. The Bible says redeeming the time because the days are evil. And then we can be stewards of our talents. Each and every one of us have out, has a talent. When it comes to stewardship, remember these principles. Remember that everything belongs to God. Number two, remember that stewardship is the management of the affairs of another. All we are is a manager through this course of life. All we are is a manager of the opportunities that we get. All we are is a manager or a steward of maybe the wealth that we get or the relationships that we have. We are to be a good steward. Number three, every Christian is a steward. And then lastly, number four, it is required of stewards that they be faithful. I want to challenge you tonight. Are you faithful? Are you faithful with that Sunday school class to study week in? And week out, are you faithful to attend Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? Are you faithful to share Christ with others? Are you faithful to tithe? Are you faithful to the choir? Are you faithful to hearing the Word of God preach? May we all be faithful until the day we die. You say, Brother Mark, I understand that to some degree, but you know, really, if I were to be honest with you, I don't even know for sure that if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. I look around this auditorium, I see some faces that may not look familiar, and I, I just wonder, do you know for sure that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven? Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed.